Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. All right, welcome back to Jet Episode 2, take number two. Thanks, Jackie. So, I always think the second episode is always harder than the first one because you always just put out something good not thinking about it and then you start to put expectations on. So let's just take that pressure off straight away. And the prompt card for today is something I wish I had been told as a child. So we're going to start with Jack Mack. Yeah, so something I wish I was told more as a child is not everyone's going to like you and that's okay. And I think just as I've come an older, you start – you sort of become more of yourself and you realise, like, it is okay to be yourself. But growing up, you sort of, how do I say it, you sort of put yourself into the basket that everyone wants you to be in and that's just, like, normal, I guess. And I don't know how you guys feel when you were growing up, but it was, if you were a bit different, like, not as many people would like you sort of thing. And when you're growing up, all you want to do is be liked when you're a kid because otherwise your mental health, as you'd call it, wouldn't be the best. But... Yeah, no, I 100% agree. Sorry, I thought you were talking there for a second. but No, no I fucking... That was basically one of mine. Like, you don't always have to be loved by everyone. Like, fucking... It's exactly what Jack just said. You do things when you're growing up at school that might be a little different to others that people kind of like, you find yourself alienated from others that, and you, you want to be liked and loved by everyone but something that you do different to someone else or to the group that other people might find different that's, that, that they sort of ostracise you and put you in a category. Like I, I remember I did drama for a while at, in high school and fuck, it's it's the hardest thing as a guy doing drama because it's so different to what everyone else did. Oh, your brother did drama as well. Man, like doing yeah. well on it, but I've seen it firsthand. Yeah, but. it's fucking. I uh, I ended up quitting it because I thought, ah, oh, fuck, I'm um, not that I was. It's not copying abuse, but it's it's the kind of the fleeting comment that you get from <laughs> someone. Ah, oh, yeah, doing drama. Oh, yeah, yeah, cool, whatever. It's like it's sort of seen if a guy does it, that it's a little bit strange or weird. I don't know. I, I, I fucking loved it. I loved doing drama as a kid. My primary school years, performing arts was like, if you didn't do it, it was strange. So I've always I've always grown up, well, I did grow up thinking, oh, fuck, drama's really good, drama's fun, like everyone does it. And then I got into high school and it was just a completely different setting. So, yeah. How much of a shame is that, that you lost a passion for something that you might have pursued later on, but because you felt like you wanted to fit in and you were copying these comments. Like, my, my brother absolutely fucking copped it. I know that for sure. And you're seen as different. But in reality, like, I have another mate that he just, like, stuck to his guns and 
like end up on fucking a, sh- a movie, yeah. yep. a, a popular show. But even though I remember giving him comments, mm. and I like I think back now, and I'm just like, fuck, why'd I do that? And then like he wouldn't come to footy training because he'd have his acting and stuff, and it's just like, fuck. If someone wants to do something, just let him let him be. If not, support them. Well, I think it shows how strong he is and how strong your brother is. Like, two ends of the spectrum. Luke, who I did drama with, Jack's brother, is now fucking... He's over in Sydney, isn't he? Yeah. Fucking pursuing his dreams, doing exactly what he loves because he's great at it. And, you know, I'm not saying I'm a bad... bad for not doing it or, you know, I'm less of a person, but I pulled out because I thought, oh, fuck, it's, I'm coughing too much here. So I ended up stopping. It's easier when you're a child to take the easy, comfortable road, which is trying to fit in, comes back to... I don't know it's a, it's interesting though because you see those those sort of guys that do the drama and stuff and they're sort of you know not as popular and they're sort of put down because they do stereotypically girly things like whether it's singing or drama but some of those people are actually the strongest mentally and like so they're so content in themselves and what they're doing, they're authentic is probably the best word. They're authentically, yeah. like they're themselves. And like at the time, it's easy just to say, oh, like put them down. But over time, you start to realise that how they are as a person is actually really admirable. And now the role's reversed and <laughs> we all look up to the Hemsworth of the world. Like, I'm sure he would have copped it back in the day, but he just kept at it. I think like, it's like we're talking about. Man, like drama and thing, then what your brother's done and and how, but I think it's like it can be seen in any context. Like you can use it for fuck. I don't know if you want to when, when you're older, you want to change sport or or you want to study something that no one really else mm-hmm. is doing. Like it, it's not. No, like I'm not a perfect person. I've probably made comments to other people about what they're doing that are strange as well, or that I, I found strange, but. Yeah, like it. It's something that you pull out so easily because you want to fit in. You don't always have to be invited to every party. You don't always have to be around the same people or you know, like the people that you want to be mates with. Sometimes they're not fit to be your mates. I found that, like, especially, I, I left Trinity College at the end of year seven just because I felt like, oh, I didn't. Some blokes there, great blokes, but other blokes I, did, I didn't really get, get along with and I thought we were a little bit strange. So I found best blokes at Sacred Heart, but like there's always some people that just go out of your way to make you feel bad. And it's one comment that they make, which they may not worry about it anymore, but it's the one comment that someone makes and the other comment that five or six other people make that they've forgotten about now, but it's stuck with you for the rest of your life. And it probably will. For, and everyone goes through it, but yeah. I loved how you said you like moved schools because you know you didn't like fit in with some some of the people. But I feel like some people these days and back back when you're growing up, they're a bit scared to change friend groups or they don't know what to, what they'd do without that those friends. But there definitely be people out there that feel like they're stuck in this friendship group that they might not feel comfortable or their best or or if they like they might not feel like they can be themselves in and i think i just needed like get the message across that it's okay to change friend groups or find new people that you you're on the same wavelength wavelength with and yeah like it's hard it's hard as when you especially during this early 20s period when you've had sort of established groups for you know 5 or so years and i don't know sort of Everyone goes into the world, people's values start to change and you realise that, you know, you don't see as eye to eye as people. And it's really hard for, I reckon, especially young men to make new friends. Yeah, I found that really difficult and, like, it's not that I love my friends group any less. It's more just the fact that it's actually, I used to always say this to myself. I used to always, it used to be the biggest cop out that, like, I, I like I have this friend group and like that my excuse would be like I've already got like the tight circle like I'd rather have less I'd rather have fewer but closer mates yeah. but then that was always my excuse even though like there was people who I wanted to like build friendships with it was just like the thing I told myself 
and there's so many like-minded people out there. It's almost like, what are the odds that you just meet like your like five closest, most compatible friends? And a lot of friendships and like relationships are built, I get, but there's so many like-minded people that you can learn off and grow off. And you'd click straight away. And you just click straight away and, and, and you can, yeah. I get what you're saying. I, I, I found that out in uni because you're in the same classes with the same people. Every time I didn't go into uni knowing anyone, I've met one guy in footy who introduced me to friends who now I've like they're I've almost hang out with them every day because we're in the same classes and we're almost like the same people. Like we say the same things, we have the same ideas, same thoughts. Like it's there's so much you can learn from others who are in the same avenue that you're going down. I know that other people would find it hard to make friends, but when you're in a setting where everyone's doing the same thing and everyone's so like-minded, it can come so easily. I found that pretty hard in the first couple of years, meeting people at uni because I just didn't... I, not that I didn't want to get to know anyone, but I was scared to get to know people. You're scared to put your hand up and ask questions. I, so I think now I'm a little bit better, I, more talkative around others, but fuck it, it's it's hard to... You're not even opening up. It's just introduction. Like it's such, like it's it's crappy small talk. You don't even want to get into. But I feel like I've gotten better with it. But it's so hard for young men, especially. I feel like women are a lot better at it. I'm not sure why, but young men seem to be so much so much more difficult to interact with others. Than, yeah, I think young men, especially around the early twenties, get really threatened, and it's the whole you know ma- masculinity thing. And I think with like the hormonal thing during the early 20s, but then, so early teens, but it's sort of like male ego's a little bit different and I think it's it's a very, it's more extroverted and I think, yeah, men struggle to, I don't know, I've definitely changed from that, how I, I used to perceive men and like young men, you like see them, you're in their class or like, and it, it's so awkward, you like, you start judging them and here's an interesting point. I reckon I started to judge people as a defense so that I didn't have to like get to know them. Man. So I would just oh, so I would I like put that. people down so then it would like turn me off getting to know people. I I do it for not just for for, for men but for women as as well. And, and it's yeah. Every, yeah. It's everywhere. It's not just at uni or like and it's fucked cuz we shouldn't you shouldn't judge someone before you get to know them. <laughs> but we do anyways. Mm. Oh, it's like I do I I now, what you've said, I've just thought about it. It's like, oh, fuck, what? I, I do that. Why do I do that? Mm. Like, there's no point. You don't know them as a person. So, yeah, I don't know why that is, but you always want to... And it probably is a defence to not go up and introduce yourself or talk to someone in, in class. Like, I remember, like, I see myself as a pretty outgoing, talkative guy. I remember sitting in a class a whole year and just like sitting on a table by myself not talking to anyone because I was like, oh, I don't really need to get to know these people because, you know, they say something in class that, and you kind of, you make it up that, oh, you know, that's that was a stupid question. And you, they said there's no stupid questions, but just make it up in your head, oh, that was stupid what they said. It's like, what? what the fuck? I'm, I'm an outgoing guy. Why am I not doing anything? So it's definitely something that I can learn to do and grow into. It's the it's the stories we tell ourselves, I reckon. It's our, our self-talk. It's actually quite automatic and here's the powerful thing a lot of the time we have these thoughts come into our head whether it's about people and we almost take that sometimes as the truth like 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 you said in class someone says a question and then you have an automatic thought and it's easy for you just to accept that because it aligns with your desire to not be threatened and not have to go out of your comfort zone and not be vulnerable. You don't have to be vulnerable. Mm. You can just make up a story that fits your reality that's mm-hmm. I would rather be more comfortable, not talk to someone and have to be out there and introduce myself. And it's easy for you just to put other other people down in your head. And I'm sure everyone does it. But it's interesting that if you can start to catch yourself and I reckon I've changed with that and I sort of I don't know, I just I find it hard to really judge people until I get to know them sort of thing. And it's the first step is awareness, isn't it? Obviously, I don't go to uni, but I go to TAFE like once a week, or I used to, for my apprenticeship. And for the first two and a half years of TAFE, two to two and a half years, I'd talk to one guy. 
that I sat next to, maybe two. And you sort of just stick to that little group you've got just because, like, this is coming to judging people. You won't, you'll make an excuse not to get to know someone else because the way they might look, the way they dress, the way that they answer questions in class, anything really. But then I think it was probably maybe the last six months, our TAFE group got so fucking tight. Like, like we were talking, we made a group chat, it was sick. And I guess it just shows, like, if you are willing to put yourself out there and get to know someone, you might learn something. Mm. And you might learn that they're actually a great bloke like, and you get along with them. I feel, I feel like we're not saying, like, like, we're not professionals. Like, we don't take our word as fucking gospel. But, like, <laughs> I've, I feel like what it is is, like you, of course, you're not going to like everyone, but you don't have to. Like... Some people will have, them, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course, of course. Like, but you don't have to be friends with everyone. Yeah, yeah of course, because you'll have conflicting views. But fuck, it's better just to get to know someone than than not. Like, I think you said it last week when I was listening to the podcast. You can't lose in situations where you reach out and introduce yourself to someone. There's nothing you can lose. Like, you, it's either you make a friend or you don't make a friend. But you didn't have it in the first <laughs> you place. You didn't have it in the first. Yeah, place. So, you, you learn something. Yeah. So fuck it's. Just putting yourself out there. Mm. But it's hard nowadays because oh, everyone's man. so quick to judge and quick to see people as, as and push people to the side that so hard to introduce yourself. Even like now that my age group's starting to turn 21, at 21st, you just hang out in your little group because you don't need to. I have, oh, at, at least I feel like oh, I don't really need to introduce myself to everyone because, you know, they've got their own friendship groups. But why not? Why, why, why don't I? Like it's, we're all here for the same person. Like of course we're going to have something mutual or something in in common. Why? Why is there no introduction? And yeah, I don't know why. It's easier. Super. Mm. It's easy way. Yeah. Well, I think the best way to come out of it, and this is, I think, starting to grow in this area, is just you just have to do it. Like I don't, there's no other way. Like you can you can think about it and find a cause for it, but you're not going to change unless you actually do it. And that's that's I've definitely noticed that at uni, way more extroverted this semester, and you know, and it's just you come across as a totally different person, even though you probably weren't too different. You just out there, and then I've noticed that as I'm being more extroverted, these people actually reciprocate your energy. Mm. So if you put out this negative in insular energy, like people don't like that because you're just, or like people aren't going to know like that you're interested in sort of getting to know them you have to sort of show what you want to receive so if you want to, people to open up to you you have sometimes you have to take the first step yeah. sort of thing i think with that confidence as well like you might not have it but reaching out and getting to know someone or being extroverted might not be what you normally do but if you do it you you're putting tickets like into yourself you're putting more your what's the word you're putting confidence in yourself like and like one step at a time, if you keep doing it and doing it, you'll end up being a much more confident person, no matter how how, how they react. But, yeah, it's just putting tickets in yourself. Yeah, okay, love that. I think that's a good way to end that little chat. So, who went second last time? That was me, okay. So, my one is, man, there's so many you could do. That's the, mm. I don't know, I don't know if I see that in, take that as a negative or a positive, but... For me, probably the most prominent thing that I I remember not I, that I don't remember being told as a child, not just being told, but told how to do it, is how to be a really good bloke, but also manage my emotions and be able to express them, because I feel like I and I and I'm talking generalizing there's not many people who are very good at combining masculine and feminine energies like there's not many people who are really good at regulating their emotions but also like top tier blokes that are just like absolute gentlemen it's it's really hard to get that balance right between because like I was talking about before is it's you get categorized especially in the high school period like when it comes to girls, it's like you're either like a simp, you're either a fuck boy. It's you're real. It's like people love to categorize. Oh, you hundred percent. 
So I think as as a child, not many of us get taught how we can balance. We we don't have to just be one way or the other. We can still be a really nice bloke, but still be assertive and in touch with our emotions in a way that's beneficial to ourselves. I I just feel like that's a skill I've had to teach myself, and I don't know many men who are good at that, especially because opening up. I don't know, like this is pretty much the whole point we're doing this whole podcast is not just for men, but like one of the main reasons is men struggle to open up. And this is probably part of it, the reason you just don't get taught those stuff in child. You'd rather talk about geometry. Yeah. I think it's, I think growing up you're you're around other kids or oh, when we're really young, you always following someone. I feel like there's always someone who, you go to school with and like they don't have to be the leader of your group, but there's a certain few who kind of pave the way for the group, not in a good way sometimes. Sometimes you can be find yourself in a friendship group that takes you down a wrong path. I feel like I was pretty lucky. I had pretty good people around me the whole time, but not always was I comfortable in getting the balance right with being a good person or, you know, being a really good guy around your mates and being in touch with your emotions. I think there's sometimes where that was a bit skewed where I tried so hard to fit in with a certain friendship group that had different views to what I wanted and you kind of, I remember my mum oh, a couple of years, oh, maybe one or two years ago saying how much I'd, you know, oh, you're such a better person now than you were when you were, 14 to 16 because you know like you just don't talk to you I just didn't talk to my parents for a while or you know because it wasn't cool and you just want to go out and hang out with your mates and you don't you're not nice to people because you know it's it's cool being rude or dis- disrespectful so I think it's it was learning to be a good person to everyone and finding the same friendship group I think that's what you're going into and being in touch with your emotions I was okay at it but I lost it for a while yeah well, I actually have like a little story, I guess, about being in touch with your emotions and why <laughs> we didn't do it back when we were kids. But it was probably year eight or year nine, maybe ten. And this is my best mate doing this. And like I think about back to it now, I'm just like, what the fuck are we talking about? But anyways, so whenever we do something to someone whether it's like throw their pencil case or actually one time I threw my mate's pencil case and everything went everywhere. He obviously like wasn't happy with it. And then like he was pretty angry and like, you, you know, when you get angry and you like get like watery eyes from the anger and then we were like, Oh, are you crying? Like sort of taking the piss out of him. And, and then that, that'd come back at me like, They'd say something and like literally the tiniest water, watery eyes and then they'd just hound you about like, are you crying like, or oh, you're weak, whatever. And that definitely get like, once that happens, that's engraved. Like you will not want to cry around your mates and that's fucking unfortunate. That's your your best mate. You cannot cry around. And so that sort of just bricks up a wall. You will never cry in front of them again. And then since that's not happening... Who are you going to cry in front of? You, you might cry yourself to sleep. I didn't do that. But to some extent, some people would. And I don't know if this happened to everyone, but that was just my experience growing up. Yeah, definitely was very emotional in my primary school days. But reflecting on it, it's like the difficulty was I don't – I can't remember if I was – I can't – remember so I can't criticize too hardly about how I was taught because sometimes as a kid you just don't remember things so I I just don't remember it took me a long time to figure out how to express the emotions because because just because you have an emotion and you act in a certain way and we're criticizing the behavior I've written about this before but a child interprets child children aren't very smart to figure out things that they're they're very conditionable so if you get angry at a child for how he reacts and you're angry at how he reacted, not his emotion, he will think that his emotion was wrong or that it, he's not allowed to express that or feel that way. So I definitely think whether that was... So for me, it was I had all these 
like I was really emotional and then like you cry in front of people and you get bullied, jarred, like, you know, you get the piss taken out of you sort of thing. So I think for me over time, I think I started to think that like I couldn't express my emotions in a, in a social space, almost like it was like a private thing. It's not something that we share together and it's an experience that you have to go through and the external world's just like a show and the internal world is just like how you feel about it. It was so weird. I, I think that's how I ended up feeling about it but it's pretty shit to not be able to like be, in, be well skilled with your emotions. That's what makes – that's one of the reasons I'm really passionate about what I do because like I'm sure there's millions and billions of kids around the world who feel ways and they don't know what to do with their emotions. Especially growing up. Like I feel like – I don't know, myself, I'm getting better at it. You too, I'm sure you guys are getting better at it. But yeah, growing up, I know how you said you can't remember. I can't remember mm. getting told. We, we learn habits at such a young age that stick with us. Like it's the growing up in high school, you learn things about yourself and about how to live as a person that you keep for with you for the rest of your life. I, it's, I, oh, I, Thinking about what, what what you said and how you were emotional as a, and how you were better with yourself in in touch with your emotions as a younger person, I felt like I wasn't. I, I was pretty poor at it. Got to the point in high school where if someone would kind of like not bully, but you know, take the piss out of you in a situation, I remember telling myself one night, "Oh, I'm just going to laugh with them, laugh with them." So like, you get things that like pop up every day. You just try and laugh it off. I remember hitting oh, year 10. I just felt shit about myself because I all I'd been, not all of it, but there was a certain period where it was pretty bad for a while that I was getting the shit ta- like, piss taken out of me all the time. Kind of ostracised myself from my friendship group. I remember sitting by myself some days and things like that, but not trying to say, oh, you know, how bad I, I was believing it growing up because I wasn't. I had, I've got the best mates now that were mates during high school, but like, it was a couple of comments a day that you'd laugh off and you'd get home and you'd think, oh, fuck, like, that, that felt shit. Like, you're, you're laughing in front of your mates because you want them to see, oh, you know, you don't really care, but you do. Like, why didn't I try and stand up for myself in that situation? Or why didn't I say, oh, you know, it's not right? Or when they did to someone else, why didn't I say anything? Why did I laugh along? I, just because I'm not, just because I wanted to fit in and just because I, I I wanted to be like them, why did I have to push down the emotions that I was feeling? So, yeah, I think you learn it as a teenager and it sticks with a lot of people potentially for the rest of their lives. It sucks because I remember being on both ends of that spectrum and, like, you wouldn't, you wouldn't think how the person was feeling when you're saying these comments and and then you put yourself in your shoes when you're copying it and you sort of just want to deflect because you don't want to be different mm. like you don't want to you don't want to stand up to your mates you don't you don't know what they will think about you but if they're your mates and obviously now you know that you could say something but back then growing up in school you just want to be liked instead like, mm-hmm. like what we were saying before you want to be liked and you want to stay in that friendship group so you won't say anything and you just cop it and cop it and cop it until one day you ostracize yourself mm. shocking it happens yeah. a lot now and people don't realize it like in friend groups there's like banter and people take the piss out of people's insecurities which is mm. it always intrigues me like like i get the piss taken out of me for like hardly like for not being because I haven't worked much and I don't have much money so I always get the piss taken out of me like how, like I hardly have to work and shit but like that that in a way like it's a, and, and then ever I get like defensive about it then they just say like oh we're only joking but it sort of triggers mm-hmm. me because it's like because it is like a bit of an insecurity yeah. and like but it's always and it will manifest in everyone's life differently like I can't I, I will admit I take the piss out of my friends for certain things but it's like how do they actually feel about it it's hard to know like sometimes how to get banter right and be funny but without like 
being too far and like you know what I mean. Like, yeah, it's hard to know. We've all taken it too far once. Hundred percent. All it takes, it's and it sucks, but it's sort of up to the person that you're doing it to. They have to find the courage. And it shouldn't. It shouldn't be like this. But if they find the courage and say, "Look, those comments are actually affecting me more than you know," I'd probably like it or would prefer if you didn't say it anymore. Like, hopefully that conversation goes better than how you're feeling. Otherwise, it will just continue and continue and then... I think people want to be in high school when you're growing up with a friendship group and, and you see it happening to someone else and your friends are doing it. You eventually learn to do it yourself so you take the piss out of someone. All your mates are doing it so you join in because you think it's it's okay. And you might make a comment that you forget in three minutes' time but the person you made it to is going to forget it for the next 30 days or 30 Fuck years or whatever me. it is. So, That's so good, Ames. Yeah, I don't know if it's like... It's still shit that I was told back in year eight, year nine, and people probably don't know what they said or even remember it, but like, I've, I still fucking remember the second, the day, what period it was, what class I was in, whether it was recess or lunchtime. Like, so I'm not perfect. I've probably said it as well, and I've forgotten about it. Like, I'm just... But someone else who I've made the comment to will remember, oh, that's what Tom said to me fucking seven years ago. And I'm like, oh, I didn't make the comment. But, like, it, I feel like we've got to learn now as young people to grow up better. I I feel like I've grown up with that sort of environment. Not that it was too like, – we didn't have a – we had a great school, great bunch of mates. But, of course, it's, it happens. It happens at every school. It happens at every group. I feel like we're now going to learn to – we said it last week. Tell your mates how good they are. Give them compliments. So it's like it's, yeah. Now we got to grow up to be better people. It's interesting. I I reckon it's a bit of a dilemma we have right now, because we take the piss out of our mates sometimes, but I also feel like we said we don't get around our mates enough. But then we also don't challenge our friends enough. Challenging's mm-hmm. massive. So how how interesting is this? I think it's all to do with the fact we're very surface level and we want to be comfortable rather than uncomfortable because being uncomfortable will actually lead to ultimate comfort and being really content. But it's that first stage. And I think what happens when we can be vulnerable and be uncomfortable for for even a moment with your friends, you might tell them how you're really feeling when they make that joke. You might tell them how, how you truly feel about something. But if you can learn to say things to challenge your friends and not in like some hugely negative way, but... What is the role of friends? I always think about that. Like, what is like the role of friends? Like, is why is it always? Shit. Why is it? <laughs> why, we always look at it for what it is, sort of thing. Like, oh, we hang out with them, we do this, we do this, but why? Oh, yeah. Why do we have friends? And I don't think we challenge each Let's other. Gobsmacked. Yeah. <laughs> now you just got me thinking. <laughs> yeah, but I don't think we we challenge enough. But I think it all centers back to the vulnerability piece. Doesn't mean we need to go around. Like I've said this before, we don't need to go around being like very deep, deep all the time. But if we never get there, how are we ever going to grow as friends and then ultimately as humans? I still think you need friends, of course. I, I've <laughs> That's think, not yeah, the point. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Do you reckon? But like, fuck, it's a great... Shit. It just I've, shows that we don't think that deep. Because yeah. I've never thought of that. Like, what is the role of friends? There is one. No, I just don't fucking know it yet. There's, yeah, the, there's, fucking there's obviously multiple. There's Whoa. the depends how you look at. It. Like we won't go too far in this because we'll move on. But then, like from a psychology point, there's like the whole evolutionary like social group. Like you're with people. It's a survival thing. Like you're in groups. Like it helps you against predators because you've got a group of people. But I think in our modern world, the role of friends has probably come now towards pleasure. I think it's more a pleasure-based thing. So, like, we'll do this together, we'll do this. But I think when we're more vulnerable with our friendship groups, it'll it, like us, like, if we can start to transform friendship groups and learn to challenge each other, that that should be a better role for friendship groups now. That should, I think, we've it's it's changed from way back in history towards now pleasure. But I think we've sort of got we're trying to steer in the vulnerability piece to your friends need to challenge you but also need to get around you more mm-hmm. but they're they're saying you should fucking do you need to fucking be better or like you need to try these things but also like they're going to be really compassionate they're going to get around you whether you fail or succeed it's more about whether you have a crack rather than 
and try new things rather than just stay in your lane, stay comfortable sort of thing. I think that's more the role of friends that I want to have at least. Just going back to that point of growing up and emotions and all that, like growing up, I'm sure you guys are told this, but sticks and stones may break your bones, but words will never hurt me. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> words are actually probably the most powerful thing, especially as a kid. If someone says something about you, like you said, it stays with you. Mm. You remember the period, you remember the time you were told it. But as kids, we were told words will never hurt us. Yet they're the things that are hurting us. But yet they're the things that can fix things as well. Like if you get a broken bone, it's going to heal itself through a natural process. But when we get word and emotional damage, that inner trauma, like you said, you remember certain things that said to you. Even if you don't remember it, it's probably in your subconscious somewhere. So, And a lot of the time we're trying to fight off our insecurities from from when we were younger and, and I think like we said, if we don't if we're not vulnerable and we can't dig into that, we're never gonna ever escape that. And I don't want to get to a hundred and think like and think back and be like, oh I, d- oh I never actually got over some fear I had or like insecurity I had. Like fucking just I couldn't imagine that man. I think you said it last week on the podcast that if you got a uh, broken arm, you gotta see a doctor, if you got a headache you take pan at all. But around mental health like what do you do? Like it's there's no straight answer, and I think that thinking about it now, if people have struggles, like there's so many different, there's no one way to go about it. It's situational based. So I think when someone goes, oh, like if someone isn't in touch with their emotions, you can't just say, oh, well, this is how you fix it. It's like it's just whatever the per, it's whatever happens, like. I don't know how to describe it, but it's not a. It's never a one size fits all. No, no thing. Mental health, and that's something I've had to like. We <laughs> will quickly answer this one because we want to get Eames' answer. But the inner monologue thing, like, like how many people listening actually? How do they speak to themselves? Do they know their thoughts? Do they oh, think about their thoughts? Can of words coming <laughs> up. But everyone's. It's interesting. I don't want to get philosophical about it, but it just proves that how you think you are is way different to everyone else. So you can never think what works for you is always going to work for someone else. But, you know. I'd love to get some answers from the listeners just quickly. So we're obviously talking last night about the inner monologue. Self-talk. Self-talk, yeah, self-talk. We all said that we we can hear ourselves, like our own voice talking inside our head and we can control it. We we talk how we want, but then I'm allowed to say your girlfriend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my my girlfriend, I turned to her because we were there. And I was like, oh, like you've got a voice in your head and you talk to yourself, right? And she goes, no, I just kind of thinking emotions. I was like, <laughs> the fuck, like what? She goes, oh, and when I'm anxious, I think in colours. And it's like, what, what yeah. the? F- <laughs> like it's so different. And like thinking about it now, like, I know that we've all said that we have our, our own little voice in our head, but how do people like? Like, oh, I messed up at work yesterday. I made a mistake. I remember walking away going, oh, I'm a fucking idiot. And I said it to myself in in my head. Those words came out. 100%. But what happens to other people? Like, how do other people think? And turn, I just assumed that everyone thinks the same. But I turned to my girlfriend and she was like, oh, no, I just kind of like, just, I just have thoughts. I don't really have a voice. I was like, oh, okay. That's so strange. But it, like... That means that everyone else is going to have something different. I've just assumed that's what it is with everyone. So, and then some people have nothing. Mm, yeah, that's that's so <laughs> strange. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck, it's crazy. But we'll leave yeah. it. Yeah, we'll leave it. I had a that's really an interesting hour, point. Hour and a half yeah. long conversation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> definitely a future episode. Just give right. us your answers. Yeah. yeah. All right. Okay, Tom. So mine is. Oh, fuck. it's it's something about like don't live. Stop stressing about the future and start living in the moment. I love and this. Stoic. Oh, yeah. So I, I, a short answer or a short explanation is I remember leaving school thinking, I think, fuck, school's done. I can get over it, get into university. I've got all this time in the world. One and a half years into uni, going back thinking, fuck, I missed out on a whole lot, lot of shit in year, in year 12. Thinking about how crap this is. Thinking about how, how good uni's going to be. Looking back thinking... I hated year 12, but fuck, it was the most fun time of my life. Like, you've, you're in 
you see your mates every day. You're in the same classes. You got 20 minutes at recess. You got 40 minutes odd at lunchtime. But all, all you're thinking about is getting out of there. I'm gonna even leaving primary school. Oh fuck! I hate doing these spelling tests. You get it into high school. It's like oh fuck! All I want to do, all I want to do is do a spelling test. Like that's a silly response and answer. But I, it's the small things that I've missed out on. Like you remember the big moments at looking back in the past, but it's the small times when you're just laughing at recess with your mates that I miss the most. It's like why am I looking so far ahead at what can be when I can just enjoy what I've got right now. So, yeah, that was my one that I wish I was told because I'd be less worried about what's happening and more present. Yeah. I, interesting. If if I, woke, if I went to Tom Eames' room when he was back in high school and he was didn't want to go to school and you said, I said, you, you would be saying, what would you be saying to me? You'd be saying, I have to go to school. Mm. I have to... And it can apply now, but everything was like you had to do it. Like we are like forced to go to school. Yeah. But because of that, I think people always think they could be doing other things, but they they never focus on what they have there, which is like the connections with people. They get to see all these people every day and be around people. That's probably the thing that – that's why I think young men struggle when they get out of high school because they had all this time connecting with people and they probably didn't realise – and it comes back to you don't really realise the value of something till it's taken away from you. I was just about to say that. Yeah. It's exactly what it is. And fuck, I still miss school to these days. Not just because like I had a good friend group and I had a lot of fun. Because I actually, like, you know, the actual schooling wasn't my favourite thing to do. But seeing your mates every day, not something you do. But I actually got, I don't know, the privilege of getting told how good school is once you leave it. I, mess- I used to have a neighbour who was about five years older than me and I moved house so I hadn't seen him I hadn't seen him in like seven years maybe around that and I just messaged him and I was like hey mate how are you going like out of the blue and he's like he'd have been like 26 maybe I was like yeah mate just I'm a painter now I'm, I'm doing all this and that I was like yeah righto and he's like if I had one piece of advice for you, enjoy school because mate, I wish I could be back there. Mm. And I was like, fuck. And even though he told me that, I still said, no, nah, there's no way. Well, you take it with a, with a pinch of salt because it's like, oh, no, this this, this sucks. Like, of course school can't be that good. Like Maybe he just you know didn't miss out on a couple of things, but it's so true. Like, and it will be different in 10 years' time. Like, it's not about school, but that's most recent for me, so that's yeah. what I'm talking about. Like, yeah. in 10 years' time, I'll be looking back, probably when I stop playing footy, maybe, or, like, if I stop playing footy or if I stop doing triathlons or you stop uni, you look back on it and you're like, fuck, I should have enjoyed that more because that was really fun. Like, you get into a job, if you do, you look back in times where all you're worrying about and all you're thinking about is getting to B. Enjoy A. It's the journey, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Enjoy A, enjoy how, how you get to B. And then when you get to B, you can enjoy B. Enjoy getting to C. 100%. I feel that way all the time with studying. Like, It's so easy just to be like, oh, I want to be studied. I want to be qualified. I want to be out earning money, more money. It's like, but, but why? Something I learned from my beautiful girlfriend was about being able to enjoy the present. And why rush life? That's one thing she's really taught me. Why rush it? Like, we're all heading for the same place eventually. We're not going to get existential. But why would we rush it? Like, it's going to happen. Enjoy the present. That's the one thing I love about Stoic philosophy is being able to enjoy the present. Because when you think about it, you can't really change the past yet. (laughs) And then you can't change the future. But you can... Like this is why I'm so big on the daily thing because you could that's that's your locus of control that's your next thing you can control your day you can only really control the next thing you do and and that what what that happens is you start focusing on that you actually start enjoying it more because you're not preoccupied with what what happened like in the past like ruminating and sort of like overthinking things that you 
can't control. Whenever something's bad, bad is happening to me. I, I know you used to just get like down on yourself and like, oh, why me? All this sort of stuff. But oh, I think it was a year or two ago, I saw a video that yeah made me start thinking of this, and it's fuck. This is gonna make a great story. Like I'm gonna get through this, and it's gonna make a great story that you can tell other people. And so now, when I'm in a situation that I might not like or whatever, it can be good. But I just think, yeah, like this will make a good story. And even if it doesn't, you just get through it. <laughs> you grow from it. Yeah, it's all about learning. I saw a video as well. Sorry to get held existential. I know you said, <laughs> but there's only one thing promised to you. I think can't of all people can't ever said it. Oh, I saw this one. One thing promised to you in life is death. Fuck. So make the most of what you got now. And it's like, oh, shit. And I thought about it. It's like, oh, no, there's other things promised. Like, you know, but there's not. Like, God forbid you might not wake up tomorrow. Are you happy with what you've got? Or are you too busy focused on where you want to get to next? And look, the there are things that you need to push to. Like, of course, I want to finish my degree. And that's where I, where I want to get to next. But enjoy what I've got right now. Enjoy the units that I've got. Don't worry about what I've got next. Enjoy what I'm doing now. So I think that's what I need to stop pushing so far ahead and looking so far ahead and dreading what I've got coming up and enjoy what I've got now because I regret not enjoying it when I was a kid. I think it comes back to how the whole society is shaped. We're so quantity focused about like how many AFL players do you hear say after their career, I wish I enjoyed it more. I wish I had more fun. I took it too seriously. I hear it all the time because Pretty I watch everyone, yeah. Exactly. And it's and yeah, they might feel satisfied and fulfilled when they have people boosting their ego about it, but there's probably players who enjoyed their careers more playing amateur football. It's yeah. and it's not that it just shows that and this just proves with with money, like uh, it's, we're not going to talk about money and happiness because that that's huge. But stop opening these cans <laughs> that we can't afford. It's, it's, have time it's, it's linked. It's linked because we have an obsession with more, 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 and it it comes back to the the time horizon. We're not focused on the present enough. We're we're like, oh, in when we, when I finish uni, I'll be able to do this, 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 and we don't focus on the present because we want more, more, more. And it's good to be ambitious, but if you're ambitious and it takes away from your present experience, did you live? Fucky words are well. Time horizon, holy shit. <laughs> this is what happens when you read books. <laughs> yeah, true, true. I actually have a, like, I don't know, a little analogy sort of thing that would actually tie all these three things together. And it's pretty much, when you kick a goal in footy, you never know if it's your last one. You never know. It could be your last goal ever. So why don't you celebrate it like it's your last Show your emotions and don't care what people think or say about you if if you're liked. Like, I think that ties it in, like, all in. People will just go, like, kick you. Like, say if it's the end of the game, it's over. I know it, I know you, you might be tired or whatever, but fucking just, like, if you're happy with it, fucking show it. Like, that could be your last goal. You don't want to think about it, but. Like, no, I need to kick it. You need to kick a snag. Yeah, well, forward, please. I had a shot the weekend. so bad. <laughs> yeah, that was no good again, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Too yeah. close to the mark. Well, I didn't know yeah. what, what you were doing. Yeah, that's, that's what happens when you get corked again. It fucks with your mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is interesting. That's definitely a combo worth exploring at another time. Another can of worms, isn't Jesus. it? Jesus. We need to stop opening cans yeah, of worms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We need to think it through before we say it. We're going to have a rule. It's after 11 o'clock, no can of worms. No can of worms after 11, please. I, these boys are keeping me up awake. <laughs> At late hours of the night Because we just start talking about stuff And I'm like fuck Here we go I was, I was working last night with these and, and I got onto Our group chat And it was just It exploded You two just decided to talk about anything and everything <laughs> and Voice like, memo after voice oh, memo voice me- And then Got home And I was I was like just Lying down And I was like oh fuck and then someone said something about thoughts. And I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> and it was like, what, fucking 10 o'clock at night? I'm like, oh, I'd, 
Last thing I want to do is think right now, but here I am thinking about thoughts. Sunday night thoughts. Sunday thoughts. <laughs> thoughts yeah. about thoughts. Thoughts about thoughts, yeah. Thinking about your thoughts. Mm. How deep do you go? Mm. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, so, <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you boys something after I end this because we have to be a whole fucking episode on on that. <laughs> it's it's funny how where we've just been saying like live in the moment and all this stuff. And then we're like, oh, you know, we can't talk about it. We're going to have to find time another time. And then it's a bit deeper, but like what happens if there isn't another time that you get to talk about it? <laughs> just just so we said no can of words. Sorry. I see that stuff on TikTok all the time where it's like you never know like when it's your last conversation with someone. Especially like when it's around like I feel that all the time with like my pop. Mate, 100%. So, like, um, and, and then you just, it happens all the time in the world because there's obviously accidents and you know, just shit like that. Mm. So, but, that, but it comes down to, like, if you're, that's why I really have motivation for living well and, like, really enjoying the present, being present, because you wouldn't, you won't have regrets about how you went about it. If that's, that's, and reg- I don't know. It's not that like I focus on regret, but regret's probably the most powerful emotion. That's why they say if you love someone, tell them, because imagine them dying tomorrow. And you never told them how much they mean to you and you love them? Yeah. That's oh. <laughs> Oopsies. <laughs> Another can of worms. We're laughing, <laughs> we're laughing about it in the sense that it's just, we, we literally put a time limit for these episodes and we, we're at the end of the up the time limit. So. We, we always say at the end of the episodes we could have gone for another three hours. Yeah. but Not wrong. Not, we've got, not wrong. We've got plenty more episodes to come, so yeah. that's the exciting bit. So there's no rush. Um, but if we're really... <laughs> no, no, thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for listening. Yeah. Keen awesome. to get some more feedback from, from you guys. And, yeah, let us know because it actually, like, mm. it's good to know what you what parts you liked hearing about because obviously sometimes we, you know, whether it's the personal stories you liked or what you resonated with because, like, we're not perfect. We're just having a chat, but we can steer the conversation to suit what you guys are after because, you know, that's that's what we're trying to do, learn together, grow together. End of the day, they're the ones listening, so... Exactly. Yeah. Anyways, thanks guys. Thanks for coming on again. Love you all. Bye. (laughs) Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.